one day a, a picture is a snapshot, and 10 years later, it's the most important possession you own. And that's the gravity with which I, I go into my photography. Because if I can have a Im big impact on people, then that, that validates me in a very fundamental way that, that gives me confidence and a place in the world. back or welcome to the grass volleyball podcast i'm ned batchison if this is your first time listening i just sincerely want to say thanks a bunch for giving the podcast a chance if you're a regular listener of the show i must be doing something right so that makes me equally as happy and thank you as well for taking a listen to the podcast Outside of what I do with the grass volleyball podcast, I'm also the founder of Pittsburgh Grass Volleyball here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where we do leagues, tournaments, and pickup for adults of all skill levels. And in this episode of the Grass Volleyball Podcast, I'm talking to Bill Bonney. You probably know Bill from the Pottstown Rumble, where he's been the photographer there for many years. He's taken thousands of photographs, so if you've seen Pottstown Rumble pictures, at all recently, it's extremely likely that Bill's the one that's taken those photos. Bill is also an accomplished volleyball, grass volleyball player. He's been playing volleyball for over 25 years. He's a Pottstown Men's Open quarterfinalist. He continues to play at a high level as well into his 50s, where he's finished third in Men's Masters at the Rumble for three straight years, excluding 2020, of course. Bill has an extensive background in marketing. He's owned a marketing consulting firm for the last 20 years. He also has the IQ and mindset of an open-level grass player. So you put a camera in a person's hand like that, it's, it's honestly pretty, pretty cool what he can do. He's just so uniquely qualified to shoot the rumble with that set of skills. And with his marketing IQ and open-level volleyball IQ in mind, He's brought those two things together and he's put so much thought into what he's doing when he's taking pictures at the Rumble and why he's doing what he's doing. And that's the cool thing about podcasts. He lets us into his head and what's going through his mind when he's taking pictures throughout a normal Rumble weekend, the different mindsets he's in to get all the necessary shots. And he even shares some pro tips for us amateurs out there on taking good photographs. In talking to Bill, too, he's just got so many good stories. He and Kenny Cass, Kenny's the, the guy that runs the Rumble, they met Phil Dahlhauser back in 2019 whenever the Rumble was honored at AVP New York. So there's a, there's a cool and funny story there that you don't want to miss. Now, he's also played against Beetle Bailey and Jason Robertson. If you don't know those names, they're the winningest men's open Rumble team in history. So he's got some good stories related to those guys he also has a has a really hot take on if Beetle and Jason played the second most uh, winningest men's open team at the Rumble Bates and Burek pretty pretty hot take there and in closing here I just want to thank Bill again for what he's done to elevate and put a spotlight on the game of grass volleyball with the skills and background that he has I'm sure he could shoot whatever photography he wants to shoot shoot whatever sports he wants to shoot but he has deliberately chosen grass volleyball because he's really passionate about it. And you're going to hear um, that passion come through 
in this conversation. And you can also certainly see that passion in all of the pictures that he's taken. And with that, let's jump into the conversation with Bill Bonney. Hey, Bill. Hey, Ned. What's going on? How, how are things really, given, given COVID and everything going on? Uh, how's everything going? Um, well, you know, I don't want to complain. Um, it's, it's tough, man. Uh, it's tough for a lot of people, you know, I'm a, my main gig is, you know, small business marketing and, you know, small businesses have been hit hard, really hard. And some of my clients have been too, um, you know, things are slow, but you know, I'm still doing decent. So I'm, uh, thankful for that. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a really hard time, man. Yeah, it really is. It's been such a, such a strange, strange time. And there's really no, no good answer either. Right. <laughs> to it. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I don't want to get into depths of that. We're talking about <laughs> today, right? Yeah. We'll try to keep it, keep it un, unpolitical, but. Um, yeah, it's tough. I, I think it's tough for a lot of people. I think we yeah. need empathy and tolerance and, um, and, uh, and to keep grinding it out and to be safe and healthy and, try to respect each other and move on and we'll get through it. And hopefully someday we'll be able to look back on it and, and, uh, think, uh, you know, that only made us stronger. So right. Right. Nice. Now ju- jumping ahead a little bit, but we'll, we'll kind of take a step back too. have you been able to do a lot of photography, um, like uh, for no, clients too right my, now or, or no, not no, really. most of my events, uh, weren't held. Right. Uh, actually all of my events weren't held. You know, the Rumble was one. I also shoot a couple um, uh, running races uh, uh, locally here. Uh, they were all canceled. So, you know, lost that business, lost that fund to do that kind of thing. Um, so the photography, my photography side was hit hard. My uh, my marketing side is okay. I still do fine, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it could be better. You know, always uh, looking to entertain new clients. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. And I'm sorry to hear that. That's, it's been a, like you said, it's been a really tough time for everybody in oh, many, yeah. many well, different aspects. I don't think anybody oh, is doing perfectly yeah, and well. I, I, I have no reason to complain really. You know, I have, I have an 11 year old daughter who's, you know, doing, you know, the zooming in and out every day and they can't decide whether they want them in school or don't want them in school. And I don't blame them either. I have people in the, that are teachers and nurses and all that you know there's a lot of people that have it really tough the last year and uh you know my thoughts are with them and uh totally uh, we'll get by here for sure totally well yeah thanks again um for having some time to to talk and get together i think i think you have a really interesting story and i appreciate appreciate having the conversation so i kind of wanted to what's that just thanks for having me and uh Uh, I guess we'll let other people decide whether the story is good or not. (laughs) Nah, it will be. So yeah, on your, I kind of want to start on your social media. You, um, you describe yourself with, I think maybe 10 or so words. So I kind of wanted to start there and had some questions for you, but you describe yourself as dad, friend, marketer, photographer, athlete, home chef, gardener, explorer, conservationist, and artist. And what, of, of any of those, what do you think you're the best known for? Best known for? Photography. Which one of those best describes you, if you could only pick one? 
Who? Uh, well, I kind of put him in order. I mean, at least the first few, you know, I, I love being a dad and, uh, I put a lot of attention to that. So I think that describes me best. And what, which one of those are you most passionate about? Maybe, maybe kind of the same question, but. You know, I'm passionate about a lot of stuff, man. You know, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm like a variety guy, you know, um, the spice of life. You know, I like to try a whole bunch of different things. You know, I even know it in my marketing world, it's better to uh, focus. Uh, but my spirit is lifted when I do different kinds of things and learn different things and work with different kinds of people. So I like to do all kinds of things, man. Those are just kind of my top, top lists that uh, I guess I wanted people to know me by. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's, all that stuff's really important to me. Yeah. Do you think working with so many various clients being um, a marketing consultant, do you think that kind of you know, working with so many different clients, you're, you're so many different ideas, you know, come to you from, from that. Do you think yeah, some inspiration there? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and, and that's one of the reasons I do it. I try to not uh, narrow down the industries I work in too much because uh, you can learn one thing from one in industry that applies to another that they might not have think, thought of. So in that regard, it is good. It keeps it fresh, new, and um, uh, the, the bad part is, is, you know, people see photographer and marketer and, you know, they, well, what, what does he do, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I don't really battle that anymore. You know, I, I try to live a, a life that's, uh, I don't know, I try to enjoy my life and contribute back. Uh, and that kind of stuff's super important to me. So. Uh, I don't need to be uh, in the spotlight or make a ton of money. I uh, just need to do the uh, things that I enjoy doing and, and uh, you know, contribute back to my community. That's a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, in terms of your community, you're from, I believe you're from Boyertown, right? Which is like 15 minutes from Pottstown. Is that where you're yeah. from, grew up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I grew okay. up in Boyertown. Um, that's why I'm so tied to the Rumble is, uh, you know, from about, I don't know, I guess, kindergarten to uh, my junior year. Um, I was in the Boyertown area, Boyertown Bears, shout out. <laughs> uh, home of kick-ass baseball, and a few other sports. Um, but yeah, that's where I came from. And uh, so my parents split up, you know, when we were in, uh, I don't know, getting into high school stuff. And I moved out to Harrisburg area in 87, 86, something like that. And I've been out here ever since. I went to West Virginia University for a couple of years and uh, did a little wrestling there. Uh, didn't, wasn't into volleyball. Uh, and then I kind of got into volleyball after I left. Um, school uh came back in this area mm -hmm. so now i'm in harrisburg i live in harrisburg just north of harrisburg now with my uh, dog who just came up in the room Adam, <laughs> and my 11 year old daughter isabella uh who doesn't play any sports she's a uh, more uh artsy creative type um so yeah so that's where i'm at now cool yeah people will have to tech we'll, we'll have to talk about your uh social media and and, and plug some of your, your stuff there at the end. I just saw a picture of your dog. 
the picture that you posted where Shadow wasn't smiling. I thought that was really funny. Yeah, yeah. With my photography, I look to yeah. Once again, I kind of like interesting things. You know, you know, I can get it. It's hard to. He he doesn't like to have his picture taken. That and that <laughs> that was kind of the purpose of sharing that particular picture. Is it was more personality than him looking at the camera and when he didn't really want to. That was really funny. So you graduated then from Cumberland Valley. Is that where you graduated high school? I did. I went to Boyertown up until 11th grade. And then the summer of 11th grade, I kind of went to both. Uh, my dad moved out this way. He was a police officer, state police officer in the area. And uh, he moved out this way. And so between my junior and senior year, I kind of went back and forth. And, and then uh, when school started, of course, I went full time. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And yeah, I saw some pictures of you uh, playing football and baseball. You said you did wrestling. Did you do wrestling in high school or just in college? No, I did just about every sport. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, we grew up, my dad was a wrestler at Easton, Pennsylvania, which is a very famous wrestling school. And uh, so we grew up uh, a football, wrestling, baseball, you know, and then um, uh, I loved baseball, uh, because in Boyertown, baseball is everything. So shout out to the Boyertown Bears, who are, you know, some of the best baseball people in the nation. And uh, we did a lot of baseball there. My dad loved baseball, and they have a big, um, even for their high school and uh, legion, they have a big stadium, and it's a big deal there. So I love baseball. Um, I played football because most of my friends played football. I got hurt in football. Uh, blew out my knee, probably kept me from being a uh, uh, more accomplished athlete in some of my sports, specifically baseball. And then, uh, you know, uh, tried some other sports like track and a little bit of basketball, stuff like that. And uh, wrestling was probably strong for me, too. You know, my dad was a wrestler, so we used to, once I finally got into that, we were you know, every weekend, two tournaments a weekend, just everywhere. And I, I, I attribute wrestling to uh, a lot of my success in my other sports. Dedication, the, uh, just the grit that you have to have to do it and strength and the overall body uh, awareness and strength is, is valuable for a lot of other sports. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed all kinds of sports before I got to volleyball. And ironically, since I like variety, and I like sports. Uh, uh, I only play volleyball now because, uh, you know, I've been playing for a long time, 30, 30 years or something like that. Uh, but I don't want to get hurt. So uh, I enjoy volleyball the most and kind of stayed with that for the last for my adult life. So how, how did you get into volleyball? Because like we were saying, you're, you're, you know, only 15 minutes out of Pottstown. Well, Rumble starts in 91, I believe, and you're, you're maybe just getting out of college at that point, 20, yeah, 21, exactly. something like that. Yeah. So were you there uh, the first year at the Rumble? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out. My stat, my, my stat that I always tell people, because everybody would ask. Yeah. My stat that I would always tell people is I had played in, uh, it was 20 some, I don't know. It's 20 some now, 24, 25 straight open level or pro level uh, events there. Uh, I hadn't missed one in 20 years. And the only reason I missed that one year was because my best friend got married. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that's a common theme at the Rumble is uh, there's always somebody who's well-known and good and play there a lot that uh, misses it because of the Rumble. You try to encourage your friends not to uh, book that date. <laughs> right, right, right. Third, week, third weekend in uh, June. But um, so, yeah, so, um, you know, I was looking for something to do when I left uh, wrestling in college. I was looking for something to do and kind of I was kind of playing some Twilight baseball. uh, And uh, I like that. But uh, a a good friend of mine got an inheritance from his uh, grandmother passing away and put a sand volleyball court in his house. And it was only a couple miles from my house. So just goofing off, we played there and. You know, one thing that led to another, the, uh, the competitive spirit, you know, the camaraderie, which I still love about volleyball and events, um, the fraternity of friends. And, you know, for me, that's the most important now and has been for a long time. But, you know, even at the beginning when it was you know, more competitive, you know, that was important to me. So a bunch of us guys that did other sports were doing some funky stuff on that same volleyball court. I remember doing... um. Uh, windmill serves like that that mm-hmm. was my thing back then playing like b double b kind of windmill and you know i found one thing that worked and i just went back to it mm-hmm. but you know soon you move up a little bit that, yeah those kind of, those kind of things uh, move away the higher you move up in your uh, competitive level but uh, yeah as you leave wvu you must have been going back to harrisburg so maybe you weren't even um Maybe you didn't even hear or know about the Rumble until later on, maybe, even though you, you probably thinking back now that you're only, you know, you, you grew up 15 minutes from there. That must be weird, too, that one of the largest tournaments in the nation is so close to where you actually grew up. Yeah. Um, so so when we got, you know, I'm, I started playing volleyball soon. I didn't, I didn't finish school. Um, I ran into some financial troubles and some other issues. So, you know, after my a little bit into my third year, I came back. I think it was like 91 or something like that. I'm not sure exactly. You know, we started playing volleyball right away, you know, probably that year, I guess, goofing off. And then uh, somebody found a tournament somewhere, uh, Shippensburg or something like that. And we went to that, got our asses kicked hard (laughs) and uh, realized like we thought we were kind of good, you know, and nothing worked, including that silly uh, windmill serve. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so this one thing led to another, I guess, uh, you went to one tournament and you talk to some people and you find out another, you know, there wasn't social media back then. So, you know, the only way you find out about that kind of thing would be like flyers and stuff like that and word of mouth. And, you know, it, it, it's crazy the difference now. And then. so, so what happened was, is, you know, we were playing these kind of tournaments around here and, um, I had heard about the Pottstown tournament and I said, well, let's go down there and, you know, the first couple of years at Pottstown, I think I played A, I think I A and then double A, or maybe they didn't have double A. So was, uh, I think we played A. And uh, since I lived down there, I had friends down there and I would go down Friday night and party hard with my friends <laughs> at uh, down in Boyertown and then uh, go back home to Harrisburg and then drive back in the morning and play in the morning. And that's when it was all, all in one day or not all in one day. I don't remember. I forget long time ago mm-hmm. but yeah so I just you know I just started getting into volleyball I, I enjoyed the spirit the vibe the people 
the competition and I didn't see another, a lot of opportunities to play a sport uh, as an adult. So I just, I just got into it. You know, at Boyertown, uh, at least where I grew up, you know, it was a girl's sport, you know, so you weren't, you know, that's a common theme you'll find out from a lot of guys my age is that, you know, it was considered a girl sport back then. You didn't play it, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now it's kind of funny because I consider it, you know, one of the hardest sports to play, certainly non-contact sports, because, you know, you got to use your whole body to play volleyball, man. And uh, especially in sand volleyball, but even in grass, it's, it's brutal on the body. So um, it's certainly, I, I don't like to categorize it as a gender sport at all. I think it's an awesome sport for people at all different levels from pro levels to, um, picnic volleyball. It can be fun at all levels and all kinds of people can play and, uh, the camaraderie and the vibe is good. The beach vibe specifically, you know, I love it. That's what, that's what, that's what got me into it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Now, do you still play or do you only mainly play grass? Do you play indoor and sand too? <laughs> I play a little bit of everything, you know, I, yeah. like I said, I was a hack. So I really learned, you know, I didn't have any fundamentals in volleyball. I never played indoor. Um, I, I, you know, <laughs> all I knew was watching other people play. And um, so, you know, uh, I forgot your question. I lost me there. Um, do, you, do you mainly play grass, sand, indoor? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 sorry. So, so the, my, my, I play mostly grass. I'm known as a grass player because most of the events that I've played in my uh, career, uh, especially the big events, were grass. Uh-huh. Um, but I started out playing at the beach. Um, so I played uh, sand volleyball at my buddy's house. And then we played like uh, Lancaster host tournaments that were run by the volleyball corner. I think Bill Helm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, then we played some some things in Shippensburg and East Coast volleyball and rumble. It was all that stuff. But early on, I used to go down to Ocean City, Maryland a lot and play in Rehoboth. And I would play in, uh, there were some Cuervo sand tournaments down there, uh, Miller Lite sand tournaments. And at that time I was playing A, A kind of double A, a little bit open at the time. Uh, But those were super fun. Um, But I didn't, you know, I, you didn't make much money. So it's like a four hour trip down there, three and a half, four hours. So, you know, money was important back then. And, you know, even if you won a tournament, you split, you know, a few hundred bucks between two guys and then pay your gas and hotel and everything else, you know, you didn't make very much money. So it just made more sense to play the grass tournaments that were local. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So I, so I switched, you know, and I would still play a couple sand tournaments every year, play first rights, last rights from Mid-Atlantic Volleyball, uh, play those. Those are always great tournaments. Um, and then um, there were a couple other, like the Cuervos and uh, Miller Lights, and even the Toyota Beach Series came about a little bit later, uh, which was a great series. Um, but I didn't play a lot of those. I was invited to the first one because I won a tournament, Columbia doubles tournament, no, no, Mid-Atlantic volleyball tournament uh, down in Maryland or Virginia. And I won that tournament. I can't think of who it was with, but uh, we were invited to play the first Toyota uh, when it was kind of an invite only. And I didn't go because I didn't, never heard of it. Didn't think much of it, you know? And again, no social media. You just couldn't find out about that stuff. You had to, you had to find out about it in different ways. 
Um, so, so then, you know, it, it, it got to a point where it was, you know, playing Chris Ho at East Coast Volleyball, playing his tournaments. Chris Ho is a mainstay of volleyball in our area, uh, the East Coast area grass volleyball and has provided a forum for us to play for a very long time. I like Chris Ho a lot and I appreciate uh, the forum he allowed us to play in for a long time. There are a lot of ups and downs with his events and some people were concerned about some decisions and stuff like that. And I empathize with both sides, but he's put out a consistent volleyball um, uh, series for a long time. And, uh, most recently, as volleyball has kind of exploded with uh, juniors, especially, but even even the numbers on overall levels and open uh, open event levels, uh, he's been able to pay out a lot of money, and it's uh, it's kind of fun seeing that locally. I wish they were paying out that much money when I was in my prime. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, to to bring you up, so so I play I don't know twenty years of grass volleyball, mostly grass volleyball, including the rumble. Um, the uh, sports fest with East Coast volleyball, uh, uh, Columbia doubles volleyball, MAV uh, volleyball, uh, just everywhere in the area. Nowhere in Pittsburgh, by the way. There were never any events in Pittsburgh that we could go to that I remember. So I did that for a long time. And and now uh, I play just a couple times. I play a little bit of rec indoors uh, locally, uh, sixes. Uh, just for fun this year they're not having that so a couple of us got together and we're playing uh, quads at a church uh and then um we used to play up here in, in harrisburg there used to be a dave's volleyball that was beach too are you familiar with city island in harrisburg i don't think so no uh-uh. so harrisburg sits on the uh, susquehanna river and uh right across from the city uh, there is an island in the middle of the river. So here it's called East Shore, which is uh, the city of Harrisburg and north up to where I live. And then the other side is called the West Shore and that's Cumberland County. And there's bridges that go from uh, a whole bunch of bridges actually. If you see my photography work, um, you'll see all kinds of bridge photography because um, I do a lot of uh, Harrisburg photography. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the stuff you've done there must be a, a famous bridge. I'm sorry that I don't know it, but you've done a lot of shots of it and time lapses. I feel like there's one of like fog. I think I saw that was really cool. Yeah, there's a, it, it's a famous area. I mean, it's the, it's right. the capital and uh, there's a lot of history here and those bridges go all the way across. Even back in, I think back in 96, a big storm, half of one of the bridges, the steel bridge, uh, um, got caught up with the ice going down the river and and uh, carried half of a bridge down the river. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on video in my life. Uh, but That's yeah, crazy. so Harrisburg's the area that I live in. And in between, uh, on the river, there's an island that is about, I'd say about a mile long by about a half a mile wide, maybe two miles long. I don't know exactly. But there's a... Um, parking garage. There's a baseball field where the Harrisburg Senators play. It's a minor league team uh, under the Nationals. And they've been there for a long time. So there's a baseball field there. Full-size stadium. Uh, there's a uh, there's four volleyball courts in the back and um, a uh, miniature golf course, stuff like that. So the four courts in the back are where we played a lot of volleyball. So although I competed mostly in 
grass throughout my career, I played a lot of sand and I love sand volleyball too. I love them both, as you know. Um, I have more of a passion for grass because I think it's underserved in the volleyball community. Totally. No, so we play, so, so just to finish up that yeah. thought of where I play, um, the, the other thing that we play, and I want to mention, I want to shout out to George Park, which is my local league right by my house, that a couple of my really good buddies, the Paul brothers, uh, who've played a lot uh, and um, locally here, and they invited me to play as I was um, kind of uh, coming off my uber competitive um, time frame and playing, you know, kind of in enjoying the spirit and the camaraderie more than winning, if that makes sense. And they invited me to play in their King of the Grass League locally here. And we've been, I've been playing in that for about eight years or something like that. And we have about 15 guys and we play King of the Grass all summer long. And it's a great, uh, it's, a, it's a great way to play because you get to play with a whole bunch of other people and a lot of friends and it's a, it's a, it's just a great league and I uh, love the guys and I love the spirit of the league. We always go out afterwards to uh, have some drinks and, you know, talk volleyball and life and stuff like that. So big is shout that, out. Is that doubles or quads? Or, okay. Doubles. Cool. It is. We'll play two pods a night and, you know, you'll play with that. The first pod you'll play with one person and you'll play a uh, set of three uh, uh, speed point games uh, in doubles. And then uh, you'll do your round robin in that pod. And then we have another pod after that. And we do that. And then we do that all summer long. And then mm -hmm. uh, we have a playoffs at the end, but we have a league winner at the end. And we kind of pay out a little bit of money from our entry fees and, you know, just, just kind of make it a little bit extra competitive. And it's a lot of old guys, you know, I'm one of the, one of the older guys, but, you know, I think the youngest guy's 35, uh, but don't get me wrong. It's quite competitive. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds cool. If I'm ever in the area, we'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Participate somehow. But how, how, did, how did you get into we, photography originally? So we got a little bit about um, the, the volleyball portion. Yeah, how, how uh, you got into that, but. Well, I uh, always been into it. My dad was into photography. Uh, I wasn't so much younger, but um, uh, with my marketing work, it made sense to take pictures of clients, uh, products and businesses and stuff like that. So it, it just kind of went from that and I kind of borrowed some equipment to do that. And then one thing led to another. I just, you know, my artistic spirit just came out. And um, uh, in addition to taking pictures of my client stuff, you know, I would take landscape pictures and stuff like that. And it just grew one thing after another to where my, uh, marketing clients, you know, would hire me to take the family pictures or to do an event for them, a wedding or, you know, you know, take pictures of their kids at sports, stuff like that. And one thing grew by another and uh, just started doing more of it. And then uh, my uh, father, my ex-father-in-law uh, gave us a camera when we got married, a really nice Nikon camera at the time, still film at the time, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that really compelled me because we did a bunch of traveling too. So it was really cool when you go into cool places to be able to really capture it. And I remember, I remember before I was good and the images that I would capture from traveling were unworthy of the uh, places that I visited. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was my foray into um, uh, 
uh, photography. And then um, I got into the Rumble. I assume you're going to go there next because that's where most people know my photography from. But uh, you know, I've been playing the Rumble for a very long time. And, uh, and I would take pictures on the side just because I enjoyed it. And uh, somewhere along the way, uh, the, I can't remember his name, uh, but he seemed to be a good guy. And he was doing the photography at the Rumble. And uh, he kind of went away and wasn't doing it anymore. And, you know, Kenny asked me to do it. I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there anyway, so I'll give mm -hmm. it a shot. And then one thing led to another. Uh, to handling the whole tournament and, you know, dealing with sending pictures to, you know, volleyball magazine, and, uh, handling the PR and stuff like that. Um, it just got to be where I spent the whole weekend there. Uh, and I'd never really done that before. You know, I was, I was probably over competitive. Uh, I think other people might agree with that, but, you know, when I lost, I mean, we'd, we'd be, you know, we'd be on playing on Sunday uh, second day of, uh, the pro level. And, you know, I'd get a couple rounds in and I'd lose and I'd be so mad. I'd go home, you know, <laughs> uh -huh. never really realized how cool it was, uh, you know, later on at the rumble, you know, and now I love that kind of thing. Saturday night at the rumble is something special. Uh, but staying around to, you know, see your friends play and stuff like that is also very special. Yeah. So that's how photography happened, you know, just yeah. kind of just kind of organically and, uh, you know, locally because, you know, people like my work and they buy it from me. You know, I had a, I had a couple restaurant clients who needed artwork on their walls. So um, I put Harrisburg based artwork on um, uh, a couple restaurants locally here. One is that's really cool a client called Simply Turkey and they're right on the river. So uh, my photography hangs there and people buy it out of there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. Okay. A lot to unpack in, in what you just said there. So had a couple, couple thoughts and questions. So yeah, you spent 25 years in radio advertising and technology, and then you, you started your own marketing consulting firm ethos marketing. So you weren't doing photography before then you started the marketing company and then almost kind of maybe half passion, half happenstance clients would just ask you, Hey, can you take a picture? And then, you know, you were kind of into that, like you said, anyway. So that just kind of evolved like that. I have that. Yeah. That right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it still isn't like a full-time gig, you know. It almost was for a while, about uh, five or six years ago. I got a couple of big uh, real estate contracts uh, and I was traveling the mid-Atlantic doing some commercial real estate and it was really, some really nice projects, you know, good money. And I, th I thought I was going to go there. Uh, but it just didn't work out that way. And um, I gained a new passion in my marketing business. Um, uh, I don't want to go deep into that, but ba basically it was more about, you know, strategy and referral marketing, experience marketing, and um, more about like uh, referral-based marketing rather than advertising. So although I spent a lot of time in advertising, you know, my company's called Ethos Marketing. So the ethos, ethos is what makes you different. It's like your brand. Um, technically, it's the characteristic tone or genius of your institution. So if I had to define my own ethos, I would suggest that it is that um, I'm an experienced marketer and deal with referrals and teach people how to um, how to grow their business organically. So, you know, that that's part of the way I am. You know, I think that if you 
you know, the best marketing is a job well done. So the better you treat your customers, the more referral worthy you are. And uh, it happens organically. You know, there's, there's a place for advertising and branding and stuff like that. But, you know, in a social, especially now in a social media world, you know, your reputation means a lot. And uh, there's a lot of opportunities for uh, referral based strategies and marketing. Mm-hmm. So that's how I grew. That's how I grow both of my businesses. I don't need to grow a lot because I'm independent. Um, but that's how I teach my clients to too. And they save a lot of money doing that way. Mm-hmm. Now, why, why did you want to No, obviously starting your own business is very hard, but it's also really rewarding too. Why? I mean, it sounds like you're, I, I think I can already tell just based off of you know what, what I've seen and what we've talked about that you're kind of a self-starter, but why, why did you want to venture out on your own or why did you want to do your own thing? Do you just kind of the person that doesn't like working for somebody else, which, you know, I, I'm like that too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Partly that. Yeah. I, I, I had done various things, you know, I had worked in, um, in college, I worked at a restaurant. I had to pay for my own college. Well, no, I shouldn't say that not entirely, but um, I had to pay for a bunch of my college. So I worked at a restaurant there and that's where I learned about food service. And then I got into catering um, uh, in college and outside of college. And I worked for a local caterer here who has a very high-end restaurant locally here. Her name's Char McGarrow. I love Char. She's a restaurateur and taught me a lot about customer service. When you're in food service, you learn a lot about customer service. And um, and, and you learn a lot about different kinds of people. So, um, you know, that, that was part of it. And, and she was an entrepreneur. So that spirit was... Uh, was pushed into me a little bit. And then, um, you know, through working with her, one of her clients, uh, uh, Al Dame, owned Dame Media locally here, which is what was a conglomerate of radio stations, a few dozen radio stations. And uh, I was bartending one of his home events and he asked me to work for him. And uh, he said, he said, you see, you got, you seem like you're good with people. You seem like a smart kid, you know, and, uh, you know, if you want, you know, you could maybe sell some advertising at one of my stations. So I kind of, uh, long story short, I him hauled at that and didn't really like that because I didn't really want to be a salesperson. But I learned that people only like bad salespeople, not good salespeople. <laughs> good, good salespeople are resources and they don't, they don't come across as salespeople. Um, but uh, yeah, so I went to work with him and uh, work for uh, a local radio station called um, 97.3 FM. Uh, Glenn Hamilton and Chris, I forget Chris's name, but they, they were the main DJs there and I sold for them for a while. And then a new, a new country music radio station came about and I had the opportunity to work for them. Uh, and that was an important start in my career because it was working in a category that I wasn't very familiar with. Um, uh, anyway, so uh, I worked for four years for that radio station. And then uh, my brother had an IT business. Uh, so I uh, helped him out for a couple years. I helped him out and he helped me start my marketing business over about a two-year uh, span, uh, almost three years maybe. And then in 2001, I started Ethos Marketing uh, because uh, when I was with Dane Media selling radio, uh, um, they got bought out in my about fifth year there. They got bought out by Clear Channel and it got really corporate. And and uh, I did really well there and was uh, certainly a financial revenue stream for the company and uh, did well, but their, their hard, hard push on selling and closing and 
you know, it just didn't match with my ideals in life, I guess, and even my uh, ideals in business. Uh, and mm-hmm. it kept pushing, pushing, pushing. Uh, so it just kind of, they just kind of pushed me out. And I decided to start my own business. And, you know, it's been history, you know, 20, this is my 20th anniversary for my marketing business. And, you know, I love working with uh, small businesses of all different kinds. Well, that's awesome, Bill. I didn't know that. Happy anniversary. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, now, when, when, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going back and forth between photography and volleyball, but then they intersect, obviously, with you. So I'm <laughs> trying to make it all work. When, when did you start? Do you know what year you started taking pictures at the Rumble? And then what year did you start taking pictures at the Rumble for like full time? I'm going to guess here, okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I've been doing it for eight to 10 years uh-huh. um, uh, as, as a vendor uh, for that long. You know, well, you know, I mean, kind of a stipend, you know, we're, we're kind of all volunteers, but, you know, uh, they help you out, you know, so that you're not burdened by staying there for three days when you normally wouldn't do it. So uh, I love the guys, love the opportunity. But uh, so, yeah, so about eight years or so, you know, I did it for two years before uh, uh, Kenny asked me. And uh, and then the first year I did it, I think I don't think I stayed that long. But then it, I said, hey, can I pop up a tent by center court? and you know, promote my photography a little bit more. And the guys were like, yeah. So one thing led to another, it got to be, you know, more of a, a bigger gig, you know, and uh, I, I, of course, saw the opportunity uh, to gain some more attention for my work. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it, yeah, it, it's grown every year. Uh, the first couple of years, I, you know, my work, I, I wouldn't say my work was very good. Uh, but, you know, as I got better every year, uh, dramatically better every year, because I was exploding in my um, technical um, experience with photography and things got better and better. And um, you're going to see better and better stuff every year. I mean, I don't know if for those of who follow any of my photography there, you know, certainly my still shot photography is getting good. And I like to take pictures of people having fun and families and dogs and funny situations and stuff like that. And that's the kind of stuff that I love about it as well as getting the action shots as well. Uh, but now also doing time lapses and, you know, I was doing some 360 photos and videos last year, some spherical stuff and people like seeing those kind of things. So, you know, the industry has exploded and given uh, creative people like me some cool opportunities to capture things like that. And I think the rumbles, I think it's the biggest event that I do. Uh, so uh, getting to try out those creative outlets in a forum where you can get instant feedback because a lot of people, you know, uh, participate in social media with uh, the Rumble. Uh, so it's just fun doing it. And uh, I love it. It's, it, it's, a, it's a passion for me. You know, maybe this is a good segue into grass volleyball, but I love grass volleyball and I I love doubles and I love uh, events and uh, it was my way to contribute back uh, as well and promote the sport that I love and the sport that's given me so much, uh, you know, happiness and camaraderie and physical, um, keep being able to keep in shape. How, how many pictures, this is probably going to be a, a question you're going to need to, <laughs> to estimate. How many picture rumble related pictures do you think you've taken over eight plus years? Oh, I don't know about that. That's crazy. Well, make a, with, make with, a crazy guess. Oh God, um, <laughs> ten thousand. 
Well, now I try to keep it to a thousand keepers. So interesting. Explain that a little bit. You mean you don't, you try not to take so many, you try to take ones, you know, that one of the, what, one of the hardest things about being a photographer for an event is first of all, knowing, knowing what your client wants. And oftentimes that's different than what the general public wants. Um, so, uh, you know, the more I understand that, the better I can be at taking my pictures. Um, and, uh, you know, taking pictures at the event is fun, you know, and I actually, all of it's fun, but you know, what's called calling through pictures means sorting pictures when you get back. You know, the first, the first time that I went crazy, I probably had 3,000, 3,500 pictures. In, uh, not, in one not, rumble. Not including video. Uh, uh, but now I've backed that off where I try to delete as I go when I can. And, uh, you know, I have my, you know, I have my plan with me, you know, that says that the, these are the things that I need it for. You know, I need, I need to capture pictures for, to promote the rumble, right? Mm -hmm. Then I need to capture pictures of individual people who are having fun at the event that might not be playing. So people can see it as a family event. And then I got to take pictures for potential PR pieces for like the local magazines and editors and stuff like that. And then the volleyball magazine, some years they want pictures and articles. So I kind of got to remember all that. So it's crazy. You know, my head is spinning. You've seen me at the event. My head is spinning at that event. Let alone trying to play. <laughs> you're in the zone. I, I can, that's one, one way to explain it whenever you're. Yeah. So, you know, I want to get everything, you know, and then, um, you know, last year I was working with uh, Wilson Sporting Goods. Uh, so that was awesome. You know, getting to take some pictures and video and some 360 stuff for them was great. Uh, so, you know, I had to think about that when I was doing it too. Uh, so there's a lot to it, you know, and um, my, uh, like, uh, my favorite pictures are the, the pictures of people having fun and the goofy stuff. You know, certainly I like to capture the huge action shot or the big shot or the big block. But, you know, over my years of the rumble, you know, some of the best times of the rumble are hanging out with your, you know, your people, mm -hmm. ch chilling out and telling stories and talking about your family and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that might might equally be as fun as maybe even more fun than than playing. It's it's almost like a get together of family you don't get to see very often, right? So but, it, is. Um, it is. How how do you define you talked about this well you um you mentioned it, but I kind of want to dig into this further. How do you actually define what makes a good photo? Like how do you is it I'm sure for at now at this point it's just a feeling, but like what's going through your head when you're trying to, I, I guess you kind of already talked about the different mindsets you're in taking the pictures, but in terms of the actual picture at hand, what, what's going through your head? Like another way to ask it, do you have any like tips for taking a good photo for like, um, you know, people that aren't professional photographers, I guess. Those are different questions. Um, I, I alluded to it earlier. Yeah, sorry for uh, the random. No, that's okay. That's okay. I'll, I'll answer both. Uh, I alluded to it earlier where, um, you know, I think about it like a business, you know, so uh, I'm, I'm big in business and marketing planning and, and strategy and, and, and having your ducks in a row before you, you know, look silly out there. So I'm always thinking about that. So I'm, I'm thinking about, I have a list of shots that I want to accomplish on the weekend. And uh, so I'm, I'm constantly referring that list and going back and forth to it. 
but as far as like, um, and so, so that's where my head's at. So if I want to capture pictures for um, Wilson Sporting Goods, then I got to make sure that I highlight the ball, right? Uh, so I got to get that in there. And if I don't get that right, then they're not going to be happy with me. And, you know, I'm not going to get repeat business with them, yada, yada. So that's where my head is on the business side of it. But as far as technically about taking good pictures and um, suggestions, you know, I have a million suggestions for people. You know, number one is, is take a lot, um, take a lot of pictures um, and stick in auto mode for the most part, um, because it usually does a good job except for low light conditions. But take a lot of pictures. Um, and, and do you mean in regard to sports? Um, yeah, it can. It can be. Uh, I think a, even an offshoot there is does being a volleyball player make you a better photographer of volleyball <laughs> does that yes. make sense yes much yeah um, explain that well because i know where people are going mm -hmm. you know I, I i played lots of sports in my life and a, and a few at a very high level and i've been playing volleyball since i think i was 18 and i'm 51 now so there you go um i, I know where people are moving you know they're one of the reasons i can still play it at decently high level now is that, um, you know, it, I know where people are going. I know their go-tos. I, I can pick up on cues and stuff like that. So, you know, when I turn that around to my photography is I know where to get to. I know before, if I know the shot I want to capture, say I haven't caught enough digging photos, you know, because a lot of people take hitting photos and that's kind of your photo that lots of people capture. But mm -hmm. Um, I think digging photos are the hardest ones. So I'll get in the exact right spot where I think that player moves to for their digs. And, uh, and then I'll kind of frame my spot. I'll kind of sit there and I'll wait. You know, one of, one of the people that I study uh, kind, of, kind of mentors in photography uh, says that the hardest skill in photography is patience. And, and that's true. And, and, and it's true in all photography. You know, from, you know, taking pictures of a, you know, a toddler <laughs> and having the patience to wait for that toddler to uh, be in the right spirit or to help them get in the right spirit uh, to uh, taking a landscape shot and waiting, waiting until it's perfect or until you know the light is going to be good. Like a lot of people don't know that, you know, before the sun rises and after the sun sets is one of the best times to take pictures, landscape pictures. And that is because it's not as contrasty and the colors come out better. So that's a tip for people for sure on landscape pictures. Um, people pictures are interesting. Uh, you know, for people pictures, my, my main tip is always take pictures in the shade, never take pictures in bright light. Um, you'll never see someone's eyes, they'll be squinting. It's really harsh, it's non-complimentary. Um, How do you do that at the Rumble when there's not that many trees? <laughs> well, you don't, you don't. Okay, okay. You don't, you, you, and that's why, and so you go back to one of the other rules, right? Take a lot of pictures. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've had, dude, I've had pictures that I love that were a bit out of focus. And with the Rumble, I have so many pictures, only the best are going to get out into the public. And right. that's 300 of the best, you know? Uh -huh. So there's other ones that, you know, I look at and go, if I would have caught that, that would have been 
the picture, you know what I mean? <laughs> that would have been the picture that I used to promote my work and, you know, uh, try to gain more work, stuff like that. I'm, so I'm, when it comes, when it comes to sports photography, uh, you know, that's where knowing your camera can help a little bit more too. In bright, in bright light, um, like in the middle of the day at the rumble before the shade comes over uh, from the trees, uh, in bright light, you're good with any camera. I don't care what camera. You can take a picture with your phone in bright light in a, a partly cloudy day with a little bit of sun, a little bit of clouds, different colors in the, in the uh, frame. That's always going to be a good picture. That's why you can take amazing pictures with a phone uh, because you have enough light that the camera can manage it. It's when you lose that light that it becomes really, really challenging. So at the rumble, um, in the mid-afternoon, the trees on the, I don't know my directions there. I'm going to guess on the west side. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that's where the sun sets. So the trees on the west side of center court will start to overtake center court. Mm -hmm. And um, when you're there, your eyes adjust to it. Cameras are, cam cameras are you know, junk compared to the human eye. So when you're there and, the, and it's shaded over the court, it looks like it's bright, you know? It looks like, you, why can't you take a great picture here? But the change in light, the amount of light change between a bright sunny day and in the shadow is huge. And that's when cameras start to struggle when there's not enough light that they can capture all that information in a flash, you know, the snap of a camera. Uh, mm -hmm the snap of a shutter, or even with uh, just being able to have enough light to capture the nuances of the picture. And that's where you start to get blurs in your picture. And every, every uh, athletic kid's parents run across that. In fact, I probably teach five, six, 10 people a year how to buy a camera. Um, and because what happens is, is they start to, in indoor especially, uh, where, it looks bright indoor when they have those fluorescent lights, but it's it's not bright. It and it's hard to describe besides you know technicalities about light. In that fluorescent light is a slow wavelength, so it's hard for cameras to pick that kind of stuff up. Um, but what happens is is people taking sports pictures inside or non bright sunny days outside are getting blurry pictures because they don't know how to do it and they don't know how to move off of their automatic. Uh, so a couple things you can do there. There's two things called a sh there's a shutter priority on most cameras with an S and you switch to that and you put it at a thousand and that'll help you catch fat, fast paced action in most cases. That's, that's an oversimplification, mm -hmm. but it would help people. And so what that does is it sets the shutter speed at a thousand. That's one over a thousand. That's how fast it is. Uh, so it, it lets enough light in to stop the action generally, and it sets the aperture on its own. So that's too far detailed, but <laughs> you know, that's it. I'm I'm fascinated that I mean you you said a lot of really interesting stuff there, but one of the things that was fascinating to me was that you're you're almost and I had no idea whenever you're taking pictures, I guess action pictures, you're actually focusing in on people's tendencies and you're trying to take pictures maybe of where they're going to be and not where they are in the moment. Is that correct? That's absolutely true. Especially yeah, on that's food. so cool. I never thought about that. 
especially on digs and stuff like that, you know, and, and, uh, you know, when, when the other news photographers come to the rumble, I get to know those guys, uh, the, the mercury is the paper out there. And so I've come to know those guys over the years and we, we get to talk a lot of shop and, um, they, they shoot sports too, but we have a lot of fun talking about how to capture it. And, and actually when we went to, uh, when we went up to the AVP in Manhattan with Kenny and the rumble, I got to meet uh, one of the staff photographers at the AVP uh, and he sat by our booth. We had um, courtside um, uh, seats there and uh, he was giving me tips. So mm -hmm. I, was, I was soaking it all up and he gave me That's a tip. Awesome. I've, been taking, I've been taking pictures for a long time and he gave me a tip, uh, just, just a specific camera setting. It, it's kind of detailed, but okay. it's a specific camera setting that, that, changed my photography it gave me about i'd say a five ten percent boost in my ability to capture the right shot wow so even that's crazy even yeah a, even I, a pro like yourself is learning can learn something new every day that's well well pro, pro is a weird word you know okay um, <laughs> you know if you call making money out of the pro yeah pro but i'm not full-time in my photography it's a side gig i do make a decent amount of money at it um i want to do more of it um, but so do a lot of people <laughs> and cameras make photography easier now. So if, uh, if you, it's harder to show how much better you are than somebody else, you know, you know, it, it's, it, it gives the lay person a, a good chance of taking great shots, you know, unless the lighting conditions fade or unless you got to get that perfect shot, like at the end of the rumble. Uh, or, or at the end of a, uh, not just at the end of Rumble, but uh, when somebody wins, uh, you got seconds to capture that shot. Mm -hmm. And you got to anticipate that too. Like you want to get a winning shot at the Rumble when those people, when the winning team is excited and you got to know what they're doing. You got to know where they're going to be and you got to know what background you want. And, you know, I got all that stuff running through my head trying to figure that stuff out at every tournament. Uh, and that's, that's where a real pro, uh, I, I can do that, no doubt. But a guy like, uh, I can't remember his name, I wish I could right now, but uh, a guy like that who shoots, you know, sporting events every single weekend, you know, or, you know, who's shooting sporting events all the time, you know, he probably shot, you know, 20 times more, you know, maybe more, 100 times more sports photography, uh, sports shots than I have. Mm -hmm. So as we know, practice is everything in, in life and sports and lots of things. So, you know, the more practice you have, the better you're going to be. So that's, that's another advantage they have. And, and that's when you want to hire, you know, you can take a lot of good pictures yourself, but when there's, when there's a, when you want the best and you want, and it's super important to get that snapshot at the right time or a series of great shots, that's when you bring in a pro. Mm -hmm. That's when you pay someone like me, uh, who is, uh, I don't know, average cost photographer, uh, or, you know, someone higher end, the more, the more important those pictures are to you, the more, uh, more important your photographer's decision is too. Mm -hmm. And with social media nowadays, photography is huge in business and sports. I mean, we know that it's huge. And and the right picture can 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 go viral it can it can be a brand image for a company that sets the right mood and inspires people to take action um the right pic 
you know, I have stories of people. I, you know, give me, let me give you a quick story. I, I, I do this uh, race every year called the Capital 10 Miler in Harrisburg, and it's on that island in City Island, mm-hmm. and they cross the bridges and go back and forth. Well, this is called um, the Capital 10 Miler, and it's a race for the arts, and it raises money for all the arts organizations in Harrisburg. So it's a nonprofit with a lot of really super good people. And uh, one year I captured this woman. It wasn't a race shot at all. Uh, she had a tattoo on her back. And I uh, can't even think of what the tattoo is now. <laughs> um, you know, I, I should know, but it, it was so, I just looked at it and she was kind of waiting around. And, you know, I, I looked at it and I go, that looks like it's important to her. So I took a picture of it. And for some reason, you know, I had, I had the runners in the background too. So it was still a, it was still a, a running picture. Um, but she saw that uh, and she sent me a message. I'm going to get emotional here. Her brother, her brother killed himself from, uh, killed himself in suicide. And uh, that picture had a really big impact on her. She told me all about it. And it moved me so much, man. Still moves me to this day. And I've had a few experiences like that in my life, in my photography world that keeps me going. So, yeah, sorry about that. Don't be. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously you've had a, you you have had and continue to have a huge impact. Even for me specifically, there's a, I don't, I don't know if you remember talking to, to my wife or not, but she, you took a picture of us years ago at the rumble. Um, it was a night shot. We had no idea you were there. We were just like hugging each other over by the, the concession stand. Um, and she surprised me and got that for me for my birthday, I think last year. And it's one of the only, only photos that, um, that we have up in our bedroom. So yeah, I think yeah, you have, you, you probably, you have, you have more of an impact than you, than you know. I don't know if, if that makes well, sense old, to you, but. It does. The older I get, the more I recognize that, especially after having kids. Um, you know, there's a saying that says, I think it might be Bonnie Raitt. Um, life gets mighty precious. Life gets mighty precious. The less of it there is to waste. So as you get older, you start to realize how important moments are. And the more I shoot the rumble, the more I realize that volleyball is kind of like a conduit to to relationships and people. And when it was, I don't know what night it was, Saturday night maybe, when I saw you two (laughs) loving it up there at the rumble, It moved me and, you know, I, I tried to get the volleyball in the background too, but it was special for you. And it it was to, to me, that's, that's the awesome stuff about events and people and life. And I get a chance to capture that. And, um, you know, that stuff's special to me. And when you guys told me how important that picture was when your wife, Rachel, right. Uh Uh-huh. When she contacted me about that, you know, that was really special to me too. It's hard. It's hard to, it, it means a lot. And, and, and it's hard for me to take actually family pictures and stuff like that too, because I know how much that stuff means to those people. 
And um, having been through like a divorce myself and, and knowing the, uh, the incredible highs and incredible lows of, of marriage and life and children and stuff like that, you know, pictures are, there's another saying too, I can't remember what it is. It might be, um, uh, I forget that guy's name, but he says, you know, a, a, a picture, one, one day a, a picture is a snapshot. And 10, 10, day, 10 years later, it's the most important possession you own. Wow. Yeah. And, and some, and, and that's the gravity with which I, um, I go into my photography because if I can have a big impact on people, then that, that validates me in a very fundamental way. Um, that, that gives me confidence and a place in the world, I guess. So I don't underappreciate that stuff. And I try to capture that stuff and, I try to promote that stuff. And I find that that's what, interestingly enough, that's the stuff that gets really pushed around. And that's the stuff that people contact me and go like, Bill, you know, especially volunteers. I'm gonna talk about Rumble volunteers. Part of what I, part of the reason I take pictures at the Rumble, probably a big part of the reason I take pictures at the Rumble and, you know, and they pay me to do it is that volunteers don't get to see all that stuff. They don't get to see the big matches. They don't get, and they're volleyball players from way, way, way back, you know? And they might not be playing anymore, but they love volleyball enough to be there providing the forum for us to play and, and younger kids to play. But they don't get to see all that. And they don't get to see all the special moments. So when I'm out there, I'm trying to capture those pictures for them. And I take a lot of volunteer pictures too, because without those volunteers, you know, the rumble would not exist. And uh, you know, they love those. I get messages from, you know, my fellow, you know, I, I'm considered a volunteer too, you know, but, you know, when they, when, when those people contact me and thank me for taking pictures for them, that means a lot to me too, because, you know, they, they, they love this event more than everybody else. I'm telling you that, those volunteers. And to make them, to give them the full experience when they can't get it because they're helping, uh, it makes me feel great. So I'm stoked to be able to do that for Kenny, Seth, and all my people at uh, the Rumble. That's awesome. Um, Bill, I know we're, we're over time here. I do have some, some more thoughts, but I want to I wanna honor the, the time we've set. Do, do you have a hard stop? Do you want to continue talking for a few? No, I don't have a hard stop, man. I, uh, okay. If you, if you want to keep going, uh, I got a billion stories for you. So. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's maybe call 1230 the, the max time here. So maybe like 25 more minutes, but you have a, you have a list of things you want to get through. I can, I can try to be more curt. I, I, can, I, tend, <laughs> I tend to talk on. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been great. Seriously. I really, really appreciate everything you've said so far and your, your thoughts and, and stories. So Hope there's more of that in 20, 25 minutes here, but yeah. you, you alluded to this before a little bit, um, but what, what impact, I guess the, the iPhone has had an interesting impact on um, photography. What, what kind of impact has it had on photographers and how, how is social media, you think? I guess you've talked a little bit about how a picture can go viral, but I just kind of wanted to get your perspective on, on the iPhone and social media and its effects on, on photography in general. 
It's great. It's great. Um, I, you know, a lot of uh, purists in photography, um, you know, they, they criticize uh, new technology and stuff like that. I don't, I've been in the IT world. You know, the only way to, the only way to make peace with technology is to move along with it. And, um, you know, it's great. You know, I have an iPhone 11, you know, I had a, my iPhone before that was a five because I hesitated, you know, it worked fine. It took decent pictures for what I needed it for, but the iPhone 11 had the uh, 3D technology and, and uh, you know, they had a bunch of other really cool stuff that, you know, attracts attention on social media. So uh, you can't deny the uh, technology that exists. Um, so uh, I love my iPhone and I use it for a lot of things, especially like I keep it in my pocket at the Rumble. And like when we have opening ceremonies, you know, I have a couple minutes to get pictures at that time. And with everybody around, that's the most people that are around center court at the whole event. So it's an awesome time to take pictures and capture people and, um, and faces and things happening and stuff. So when I'm doing that, I'll have two cameras on me. I'll have a super wide angle that I can capture everything with. I'll have a zoom so that if I see someone doing uh, something interesting in the crowd, I could zoom into them. <laughs> so I have both of those strapped on. It's kind of a holster thing. I have one on my shoulder, one in my holster, and then I keep my iPhone in my pocket. And then uh, I know that every year during that time, I want to capture my panoramic. So, uh, and I know that that panoramic is only going to be used on social media. So I can use my iPhone for it. So I get up in the crowd and I'll do my panoramics with my iPhone. And, uh, and those pictures are usually good for like banners and stuff like that for the Rumble web page or a uh, Facebook page. Uh, so everything has its place, man. All these, I, I, have, I have a crazy amount of photography equipment and everything has its place. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't poo-poo anything, man. Mm -hmm. uh, you can, you know, you can take great pictures with an iPhone. You can take great video with it. You know, it's, it's not the tool. It's the person using the tool. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Do you, have, do you have a favorite location that you've shot pictures, maybe on the volleyball side and then on the, the non-volleyball side? I, I did see some pictures. And th th this has to be one of the most scenic volleyball-related places you've shot at before, but um, I, I did see some pictures at the mother load, right? Yeah, so uh, in two, I think it was 2008, my buddy Tony uh, and I, uh, Big Tony, used to be a football player, and he's been playing volleyball uh, as, almost as long as I have, maybe longer. Uh, so we're really good buddies and, um, we, we wanted to go out there. I asked him if he wanted to go out and he said, yeah. So we went out and played ball out there. I called Leon ahead of time. Shout out to Leon and the mother load. Uh, Leon started the mother load and has been doing it for a long time. Uh, another group took over a bunch of players took over, uh, really, really good guys. Uh, uh, Claudio, I believe his name is out of like the Virginia area. Uh, and they're taking that over and hopefully they can take it to the next level. But shout out to Leon. He, uh, I told him I was coming out and, uh, you know, he, he said, yeah, if you take some pictures for me, you don't have to pay your entry fees and stuff like that. So we get out there and we played masters and we played the open level and had a blast and the pictures were fantastic. I mean, it sits right there at the bottom of the, uh, ski runs, uh, in, in Aspen. And, uh, it's, it's unbelievable, man. You know, I've been, you know, as a photographer, you know, I love going to majestical places, uh, majestic places, <laughs> uh, whether it's, uh, you know, for volleyball or work related. But 
that's one of the best uh, volleyball places I've been to. Beach is always a great place to take pictures. I don't get down there as much in my older years, um, but uh, I'd look for some opportunities to do some more uh, beach photography. Uh, I love going down there and it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's good, good camera uh, fodder. Like the rumble's a little bit more challenging because it's just a park. So there's no like, you know, big scenic stuff, like getting to go to New York City and taking pictures at the AVP there, courtside. Oh, that was awesome. I mean, I, I have pictures there I'd put up against any photographer in the world. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just saying that when you're in the right place, sometimes it's hard to take a bad picture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that was awesome. Uh, what about um, on the non-volleyball side? Favorite, well, favorite uh, location, national park, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I've been to a lot of super cool places, but y Yosemite in California is probably my favorite place. Um, I've been to Yosemite about four times. And uh, I, I, I don't even think I'm close to capturing how amazing that place is when you walk in or when you drive in. And, and I think I'm a pretty good photographer and I have some pretty awesome pictures from Yosemite, but it doesn't even get close to walking into that place or to being in that place. It's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So some other places that I like are, um, uh, the Virgin Islands are really cool. St. John and the Virgin Islands, you know, it's hard to take a bad picture there too. Uh, but this, I, you know, I, my back, I, I've taken pictures. I took a picture in my backyard this year and, uh, somebody bought it off me from Facebook and, and made it, uh, <laughs> um, awesome. canvas size 24 by 36. And I took it with my iPhone. So sometimes, you know, it's, it's not, there's beauty everywhere, you know? And, and if you're looking for it, and I mm -hmm. guess that's it. Yeah. There's one, uh, quick aside, just looking through all your pictures. There's, there's one that really jumped out to me. That was really, I mean, you have so many cool ones, but this one, there's like a tree up on like a mountain. It's maybe like a maple. It's like red, but there's like a storm in the background. That's just one of the pictures that, that I've seen of yours that really jumped out to me recently. I don't know if there's any, any kind of story behind that or not, but. There's an amazing story behind that, man. Um, so that's called the tree. Uh, I call that the tree. That is in Lewisbury, Pennsylvania, where I used to live. And it's at a farm out there. And I used to leave every day from Lewisbury into Harrisburg. And I'd go to work, I believe, is at the radio stations. And uh, that tree sat there. And uh, it's a maple tree. And it, um, the first time it caught my attention was in um, autumn. Of course, maple trees are incredible, especially in Pennsylvania. I put pencil, the, the mixed hardwood forests of Pennsylvania, in my mind, are as beautiful as anywhere, yeah, in, including, including Maine and New Hampshire and up there. You know, it, it's incredible. The, the variety of color in Pennsylvania is crazy. One thing you don't get as much in Pennsylvania is vistas as you get in other places. But uh, that particular picture, uh, I took pictures of that same tree uh, for five years straight. So I have thousands of pictures of that same tree. Most of them were film pictures. And uh, early on in my photography career, I did a, a couple shows about that tree. And uh, even right now I have um, in my TV room, I have 10 pictures of that tree in all different seasons. And uh, the ones that they used to sell a lot for me when I would promote it, but I would have one, one image of each season. So the one you're talking about, there was a huge storm 
but the sun was still casting on the tree and it was autumn and it was kind of a reddish orange, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the contrast between the storm behind it and the tree still being lit up was really cool. So that one's in my living room too. And, and I have about a bunch of other ones and I've created posters with that with 49 different versions of that tree. Um, I had it at a local restaurant, my friend Char, going to high-end restaurant, was having artists come in and I did a, a show there with that. So that's a very special tree to me. Um, and there's a lot of um, you know, metaphors uh, with, with trees, you know, about living and dying and going through different times in their life. And a lot of that is, uh, you know, goes along with uh, human life, you know? You know, there's times like the winter time when you're not feeling so good and you don't have the leaves, you don't look so good. And, you know, and then the spring comes back around and you find your bloom, stuff like that. So there's a lot of imagery and, and uh, uh, as you can tell, I'm a tree hugger and, <laughs> and I, I like nature. And uh, I like to be out in nature. I think it's important and, uh, to, to, to be in it, to protect it and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Totally. In, in terms of special, like most special moments with the Rumble, I mean, you talked about the AVP. I'm sure that has to be one of your most special moments. Can, can you pinpoint other, um, other special moments you've, you've been through with, with the rumble or even special pictures to you? I think I even saw a picture of you in, in Misty May. I'm sure that one maybe stands out to you, but. Yeah, that was cool meeting Misty May. I mean, I, I tend not to be like, uh, I don't know, fanboy type stuff. I mean, <laughs> actually here's a quick story. So when we were up in, uh, <laughs> this is funny. Very few people know this. So when we were up in New York, uh, it was getting close to the end and uh, Dollhauser just got done playing and they won, right? So uh, Kenny and I were uh, talking and uh, we were kind of talking about like, he's like, I should go, I should go talk to, I should go say something to uh, Phil because Phil, Phil played the Rumble back in 2004. And, right. uh, and I remember that I was playing. Uh, uh, so he, he, we were, we were kind of convincing Kenny to go do it. I was like, why not go do it? Go do it, you know? And then uh, I decided to go too. And we went up there and we waited in line uh, behind a couple people. And then uh, the, the cord is on the pier. So they bring in the sand and there's like, like a foot and a half of sand there. And they got these huge pieces of wood that all go all along the perimeter. And they're kind of leaning out a little bit. And uh, then you kind of step up into that. Well, when it was our turn to go up and talk to Phil, you know, Kenny takes a step, step up there. I have two cameras on me. I go to take a step up. And because I was all fanboying it with Phil, and that's just not, it's not my demeanor usually, but, you know, dude, dude's the best player in the world. You know, maybe the best player ever. And, and for a person who is critical with handsets, Phil has the best handsets in the world, possibly ever. Uh, so, you know, I'm a huge fan, huge fan of his. So when I went up to step up, I went up really quick to step up and I caught my shin on that wood and it busted my shin wide open and I fell right at Phil's feet <laughs> and he goes to pick me up and my cameras went down and I'm sure Kenny was laughing, but he was right there. And, uh, he goes, he, he goes, he goes, oh, you okay? Uh, Phil goes, you okay? You okay? And I'm just so embarrassed. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine, you know. And then I get up and we talk to him for a little bit. <laughs> but then I, so then I go, I go to start walking away, and, and Kenny's like, Are you okay? 
because you're playing pretty good there. And like, it's gushing down my leg <laughs> on, onto my foot into the sand. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh, oh I'm so fucking embarrassed. Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess we're podcasting. That doesn't matter. But, oh yeah. Um, you can say whatever. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, we're walking away and it hurt bad, man. <laughs> and I, I medic. Oh, it was terrible. I, I went I went back to my hotel room and I got in, I had to get in the shower and I'm scrubbing it down and it was nasty, dude. Oh and it my. was like, a, I got like a bone bruise on it and it cut it up really bad for, you know, I probably had to have that thing wrapped for months after that. Uh, so there's a story that very few people know. Kenny, Kenny knows that, not many other people. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> but you know, so that's a funny time, you know, that's a self-deprecating time, but you know, my, I, I, I can't tell you, I don't know how to pick one. You know, I mean, I made it, I made it to my best finishes ever were uh, quarterfinals uh, in the open. Mm -hmm. So I made it there a few times. Um, I had some big wins on the way for those um, two years in a row. I played with two different people. Uh, shout out to, um, Brian Walheim, AKA Flounder out of Philadelphia, <laughs> who was a longtime partner of mine. And we did really well. Uh, one year uh, we made it to quarters, uh, probably lost to, uh, <laughs> probably lost to Beetle and Jason um, who, who had won it, I don't know, five or six times or something like that. And I probably lost to them that many times in playoffs. Uh, but I made it to, we made it to quarters that year and I played right side. And then next year I played with another friend, uh, Wayne Banish, uh, who was very adamant that uh, he does not play left side. So I had to make <laughs> the switch. I had to make the switch that year and uh, we made it to the quarters that year too. So that's very uh, polarizing in, in volleyball and grass volleyball, especially left playing. I only play left side. I only play right side oh, or there's some yeah, that, you know, yeah. do both, but. Yeah, well, that forced me to go to the other side. It made me a right. better player overall, for sure. And because uh, then, you know, that was kind of a, uh, the start of a long run, a uh, couple year run with Dwayne, uh, where we we won a few tournaments. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many um, Flounder and I won. Um, but one of the things that I pride myself in volleyball and, you know, that, that was important to me, Ned, because you know, I never really had a steady partner. So I went from partner to partner to partner. And I was always calling people like literally no social media. I had to, I had to find out somebody, I had to ask somebody at an event for their phone number and then call them before an event to see if they wanted to play with me. You know? <laughs> and I was just looking through my old stuff, my partner list here before we, uh, before we got on here. And I actually had a, uh, you know, I'm a marketer, right? So I actually had a script there of how I would talk to people uh, and how I would try to get them to be my partner. Because you had a written script. Absolutely. Because when you're floating around, That's amazing. It's, hard, it's hard to pick up a good partner. You know, good partners are taken. So, you know, do you still wanted, have the script or do you, do you know it in your head? Would you be able to share that or <laughs> you don't have to? Oh my God. Uh, let me see here. Maybe another time. Uh, hold on a second. <laughs> It, it, you know what it basically said? It was a little bit later, a little bit, excuse me. It was a little bit later on when I, when I was in my late twenties and early thirties, people wanted to play with me. So I got calls from very, very accomplished volleyball players who wanted to play with me. I was super athletic. I could jump super high and just had a knack for the game, I think. And people wanted to play with me. But as I got a little bit older, 
I still wanted to play at that high level and still thought I could and were looking to play with people who might not see me as someone who could be that competitive at the time. Uh, so I would kind of say things like I've been playing for 20 years and play with some of the best players on the East Coast, which is true. And, uh, you know, I think you're a great player and I think we play well together. And uh, I think uh, if you're into it, give me a call. Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like asking somebody out on a date. <laughs> There's a lot of metaphors like that in yeah. all volleyball. How, but how, I played with, uh, you know, I used to keep count. I, I lost count after 50, but 50 different open level players. Wow. You know, maybe uh, I don't have as many wins as a lot of other people. I think third place is my thing. <laughs> <laughs> I probably have more third places than any other East Coast player in the, you know, in, in America. Hey, I think three in a row at, at the Rumble before 2020 men's masters, you were three in a row, third place, right? Yeah. Same thing happened last year. It was Dana Camacho in the semis. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. So we had a great match against Dana. Uh, my, my, what probably I'm going to shout out to my, uh, longtime partner, a uh, longtime masters partner, uh, Ed Bross, who is of all the people I've ever played with, which is a, Big, big list. I could throw out some names, but we don't have time for that. Uh, but he's my favorite person to play with. Uh, his, his old partner, uh, Russ, uh, is, you know, he's got some bad knees, uh, but he doesn't play anymore. So since uh, Russ isn't playing with Ed anymore, Ed still likes to play once in a while, usually just the Rumble recently. But uh, I've picked up and had the opportunity to play with Ed, and, and he's amazing. Uh, how, so, good, yeah. how good are Beetle and Jason? I, I, I don't think, is, is there any video floating around of them? I'd love to watch them. I know they're, they're oh, yeah. one of the oh, most yeah. special rumble teams ever. There is video oh, floating yeah. around. Absolutely. I have video of me playing against them. Ah, uh, it, it was not long. It's not long video. It's little snippets, snippets and stuff like that. You know, uh, unfortunately I don't have a lot of me playing um, uh, in my heyday because, you know, photography and video wasn't that big back then. Um, but uh yeah, I, uh, they, they were amazing. Uh, so uh, they, there's just these sets of people that were amazing. You know, down at the beach, back when I first started, it was the Hall brothers. Uh, and other people will know this more than me, but the Hall brothers were famous back then. Um, Jerry Poor and the Poor brothers. Uh, Jerry's a good friend of mine, longtime partner. Uh, we played here at, the, uh, at that uh, beach at City Island on the Susquehanna River I told you about. You know, he's just, he's the size of a linebacker and he even played, uh, you know, he, he's played with, uh, uh, you know, Karch Karai and some, you know, uh, I think some sixes out there and stuff like that. He was amazing. And his son's Eli and younger people might know Eli poor. Um, I played with Eli too. Um, but uh, yeah, so third place is my gig, man. So uh, <laughs> I had it a few times that uh, I lost to another good friend uh, and long time competitor and sometimes partner, uh, Mike Kunkel. Uh, him and Bobby Robinette ran for a long time at the Rumble. I think they got a third place once, or at least once. Um, he's, he's like Beetle. He's like Rob Bailey. Like they're, they're unbelievable players, but super nice people mm -hmm. on and off the court. And, you know, you can't get mad at them, you know, because they're just the nicest freaking guys. So, you know, I, I was kind of saying that two years ago when um, I think it was Eddie and I again lost to um, Mike Uncle in the semis at the Masters. You know, it's 30 teams in the Masters, so it's no joke. 
and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of past uh, high placers at the in the open. So when we were playing them, he you know he kept shooting down my line, and it's a shot he's been hitting on me my whole life. You know? mm -hmm. And uh, he just hits it hard. It's got a hook to it, and everybody that knows him knows the shot. And he still can't get it. It's just mm -hmm. it's just awesome. You know, so that's an example of somebody who I admired as a player. And uh, I, you know, I would call him or talk to him and socialize with him at events. And I got to play a couple times with him. And we have a, we have at least one win together. Um, and he was amazing to play with. So getting to play with so many different people, kind of like my, you know, marketing career in photography, it's just getting to play with so many different people makes you a better player overall. And you just get to know people and know different people. And, you know, to me, you know, my friendships in volleyball will keep me out there on that court for my whole life, mm -hmm. no matter where I feel and how I feel. You know, I feel like I can go one day and be competitive <laughs> in any tournament anywhere. Yeah. You, know, you can be one day, you know, but, uh, you know, I've, I, I found to enjoy playing Masters at the Rumble and, and to enjoy the camaraderie and testing your skills without being overzealous and more importantly, hurting yourself so that you can't play more in the future. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know we're, we're running up against time here. A couple, couple other thoughts. And this is, this yeah, is just a random one that comes to mind, but so Burek and Bates play um, Beetle and Jason. Who do you think wins that in their, in their primes? That's a hell of a question, man. <laughs> no one's ever asking me that. Uh, people do ask me, like, how is volleyball now versus a long time ago? And uh, it's hard to compare. I think it, the play is a little bit different, but as far as competition, there's great competition at every point in time. Sure. Uh, so I, I wouldn't pick one time of, you know, one decade over another or anything like that. But as far as those two teams, that's a really hard question. Um, <laughs> I would choose Beetle and Jason. I'm biased because I've played them more mm -hmm. and their, uh, their intelligence on the court and their consistency in hitting shots and not making mistakes is the best I've ever played. Uh, maybe the best. I played them a bunch of times. So, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know if I have a single win against those guys. I may have won. I may have won one down in Columbia doubles one time, but. Uh, and, and that, that hurts me to say that because I've, I've, I've won a lot of tournaments and played a lot of people and there's not too many people that I don't have a win against. And, yeah. Uh, those guys are solid in there. Yeah. But I would say that uh, Bates and Burek are uh, uh, more athletic and uh, you cannot underestimate the importance of athleticism in beach volleyball or grass doubles volleyball. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll take Beetle and Jason. Good. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, two two more questions here, and and just want to follow that up. And I did the math. So out of, I think it was between yeah between ninety two and two thousand seven, Beetle and Jason. So over that fifteen year period, they either got first or second nine times out of fifteen times Jesus. out of fifteen years. Six. So they won sixty percent of crazy of the open that in in those fifteen years. But okay, two last questions here. We talked about your um your impact a little bit, but can you, can you put that into words at all, your impact on, on the rumble and on rumble exposure? 
Uh, um, I'm small potatoes in that world, dude. I think, like, I, I try to do my thing. You know, I, I don't, I, I'm a behind the camera guy and I'm a behind the scenes guy with my marketing. So I don't need to be up front and I don't, you know, I like to have other people say things for me. Um, I try to be humble. I think, I think character, um, sportsmanship and humility is really important in sports. And I try to emulate that certainly for the younger players. So I don't really want to put myself in a place besides that I care and that if people understand that I care, then I'm good with that. Do you have a favorite, this is my, my last question. Do you have a favorite picture that you've taken and do you have a favorite picture maybe of a, another, another photographer? And then I want to follow that up and propose the idea that you maybe put those up on your social media for people to take a look at after, after the conversation, but do you have a favorite of, of yours and, and maybe another photographer? Uh, let me try to answer other photographers. You know, my favorite picture is going to be on my daughter when she was born. I, there, there was a picture that my ex-wife took where I'm sitting in uh, my garden back home and uh, I have my daughter in my hand. So that's my favorite picture by far. And actually, there's one other with her where she's like one year old sitting next to me and looking up at me like I'm her everything, you know? Mm -hmm. So that keeps me spirited to work hard and to be a good person. Uh, as far as uh, other people, I love other people's photography too. Um, I, to pick a single picture would be, it would be too hard. There's just so many. When I think of, you know, wars and 9-11 and uh, big events like um, Olympic events and, you know, it, it, it's really, it's really odd. I, I don't know if I could pick one. I really don't. Mm -hmm. and, and again, I think, you know, for me, that's hard to, I like variety. Like with, without, you know, if we didn't have pictures of all different things, any individual picture wouldn't, wouldn't stand out as much. So, you know, I, I can't. Do you have a favorite picture? Whew. <laughs> hmm. That's a really tough question. You know, whenever, hmm, whenever we got, Rachel and I got married, um, and thinking now I should have, I don't know why I didn't think of you and having you shoot that two years ago, but random aside there, um, literally the only shot I was like, I don't really care about any, any picture that you take, like, um, you know, whatever, whatever pictures you want to take. Great. But like, I want a group photo because I've seen, I've seen other people, um, other people take, take group photos. So I guess I probably piggybacked off of that idea, but that one, that's one of my most special pictures, the whole, you know, everybody that, and sure, and sure there's, there's people that weren't there that mean a lot to me too, but that picture is really meaningful to me. And then on the volleyball side, I would, I would say this, the same thing, the, I, I, from a marketing standpoint, the, I always like to get a big group shot of our tournament and how that's grown. And I, you know, that's one of my big marketing, um, you know, what I use to, to show, show about the tournament and show growth. So 
Yeah, group photos for some reason that that comes to mind. Yeah, the other thing is um, uh, photos that show like uh, the passage of time are important. Like that quote I said, like uh, at, at one time a photo is a snapshot and another time it's the greatest possession you own. So um, maybe this could sum this up, but uh, I tell people when every time someone, someone I know uh, has a kid, I tell them to take crazy amounts of pictures the first month <laughs> because when I had my kid, of course, you know, I took a ton of pictures, right? <laughs> but it wasn't enough, especially the first two weeks, but the first month, but the first two weeks and then the first month, you really can't take enough pictures of a baby at that time. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't, don't, <laughs> you, first of all, don't use a flash with a, a baby and, um, and uh, make sure that you're interacting with them too, because they don't see too well at that age, but they they hear and smell really good. Uh, so, you know, take a lot of pictures, but also love up your kid more. Uh, but I tell people that because there was some pictures that I think, I, when I think back of shots that I missed, which is probably another decent category, uh, that would be it. Getting enough pictures to see my daughter when she was really little, like hand little, you know? So when you ask me my favorite picture, the reason I love that picture is because it shows how little she is and how vulnerable she is. And really because she's my daughter and my responsibility and my whole life changed. So it's hard not, it's hard not to have a picture, a favorite picture as a people picture because people pictures bring up emotion that no other pictures can bring up. You know, e even dogs, uh, dogs can bring up some crazy emotions, but you know, when the older you get, the more you value interpersonal relationships and uh, the more you value those memories and stuff. And uh, I love, I absolutely love going back through my old pictures, whether it's volleyball or kids or when I was a kid and stuff like that, you know, pictures, pictures are everything, man. You know, they, they were everything before and now with social media, now they're everything, including commerce and probably some of the most important assets, businesses, sporting organizations uh, need to utilize is, is great photography. And I'm not talking good photography, I'm talking great stuff. Stuff that people look at and go, wow. And there are, there's a system involved in that and the psychology and what to capture in a picture to make it more compelling. Maybe we could talk about that another time. But when you get that, when you get that and you see somebody else looking at your picture and they can't take the eye off it or they're looking in different places, that's pretty special as a person, but more special is like that story of the person I told you who her brother uh, committed suicide and that tattoo was a uh, remembrance of that. Um, that for me was um, next to my daughter, the most powerful thing that's uh, ever happened to me in photography. You're an absolute legend, Bill. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say thanks again for, for your time, man. This has been amazing, really, really insightful. Uh, I think I think I learned a lot too, and I think I'm gonna you know, obviously gonna go back and have to listen to this all again to get some to get some some uh, to listen to your tips again on how to how to shoot volleyball. But um, yeah, I just oh, well. In addition, if any, stop by my tent at the Rumble, man. You or anybody else? I always know? do. Come talk to me, man. I love that. You know, I may or may not have time. So respectfully, 
if if I got to go, you go, uh, I get, please understand that. But I love talking to people, out of town people, all that stuff. And your, your legend comment, let's, let's just say that I've played <laughs> with a lot of legends and I've learned from a lot of legends. And I hope someday that uh, I leave a positive mark on this world and the volleyball community. And if I did, then uh, I'll be happy. Well, you've, you've, you've done a lot for grass volleyball and I don't think you can, um, like, I, I don't know where the rumble would be without you and all the pictures that you've taken and all the, cause like you said too, like, you know, me, I could just go out there and take some pictures of the rumble, but like the, the amount of thought you've put into what you do and who you're taking pictures for and what you're trying to take pictures of, I don't think you can minimize your, your impact. So just want to say, you. yeah, just want to say thank you for everything that you've done for, for grass volleyball. Cause part of, you know, part of what I'm doing here in Pittsburgh with Pittsburgh grass volleyball and in the podcast is just trying to elevate the game. So, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you 100%, man. And, uh, one of the reasons I agreed to do this is that, uh, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't like to be in the spotlight much, but I, I, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for grass volleyball. Um, we didn't talk about this, but I believe you talked about it with, uh, Brad and, and Kenny, you know, I don't see any reason why grass volleyball shouldn't be a pro double sport. Um, it's, it's fast, it's super competitive and, uh, it's, it's different. It's just like, it's just like Wimbledon and tennis versus the U S open. You know, I think, I think over time, I think it's going to grow and grow. I think you're, you know, as long as I've been in the game, uh, I'm, I'm excited that you're advocating for grass volleyball and hopefully someday, uh, it will get the, uh, recognition, um, and there won't be that, uh, you know, split between the sand players and the grass players. I, th I, I do. I really do feel like we're seeing a, a, a movement. I'm seeing so many new tournaments. I think obviously the AVP being friendly now to grass volleyball and, and doing what they're doing. I think, I, I think we're going to get there. I don't know if, if we're going to ever see a grass professional league, but that would be a cool, um, I don't know cool it, it, cool place to get to if what you're doing and kenny and all the other grass um uh organizers out there are doing to promote grass gets more kids playing volleyball and enjoying the sport we love and gets more kids exercising and more people gathering hopefully in the near future gathering together and and being nice and peaceful and healthy uh, it, it seems like a good thing to work for. So I wish you all the best, man. And, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks, Bill. I really appreciate your time. And I, I truly mean it, man. You're, you're a legend. I love, I love talking to you and I, I hope to see you in person soon, man. All right, man. Good luck this year. Uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, bud. Take care. Thanks, Bill. Thanks again. Follow Bill Bonnie Photography on Facebook and Instagram at Bill Bonnie Photography. That's B I L L B O N N E Y Photography. You can also go to BillBonniePhotography.com to see all the awesome shots he's taken. And on the marketing consulting side of things, you can go to Ethos, that's E T H O S Marketing.net, and on Facebook at Ethos Marketing Inc.